my why is my family my why is my family um my why is my mom specifically i think my mom is just my biggest role model the just her work i think that she's done the sacrifices that she's made i don't know anybody as heartbreaking as my mother um and just to make her proud um but through making my mom proud is also through making myself proud i think a lot of the times i think we work for other people so while my why is my family my why is also myself because i know the work that i put into a lot of the things and i know my potential i know what i can i know what i can be and i know like where I can go. We are back at it again with another episode of the Delaware College Scholars Podcast. I'm joined here with cohort four scholar Maya Burrell. Um, excited to have her here. She's at GW now. Tell us what's been going on with you. How you doing? Okay, um, I've been doing well. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm currently in my second semester of my third year here at GW. I'm a double major in international affairs and economics, and I'm pre-law, uh, which is like exciting. That's something that I decided like last year. So we're on the way to, to start studying for the LSAT. Mm-hmm. I actually applied a, a GW law um with the early action semester, right because they have an early the early action program yeah see, so i listen i listen um so i'm really excited about that because like if i don't have to take the lsat fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um that'd be great but this semester is really really like calm for me actually thankfully i don't have classes mondays wednesdays or fridays um and yeah i know right so when are you going to school when are you going to school Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm here like time, and, and it's so crazy. I'm taking um, urchin credits. I've just finished all my requirements really early, and I didn't realize that I was like almost done with my major until I was almost done with my major, and I was like, wow, like I, I really set myself up for success because I didn't even realize. Um, and if I could, um, if I can graduate early in um, next fall, that would be a really good like help for me. So yeah, I'm staying busy with work. So even though I don't have school Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, that doesn't mean I'm free. Yeah. I have my job. Um, and then also part of, like, I'm part of so many organizations. So it's actually really helpful that I don't have classes those days because I can just get work done. Yeah, and like exactly. a lot of time. So yeah, we'll delve, we'll delve a little bit deeper into all the things and the amazing things that you're involved in. Um, but we are honored to have you on the podcast. Thank you for Thank taking you. time out I'm of your schedule. Yeah. So let's start with with uh, really how you found out about Delaware College Scholars and like what ultimately, mm-hmm. ultimately motivated you to apply. Okay. Yeah. So I found out, um, I'm pretty sure it was my sophomore year and it was through my counselor. She recommended the program to me. Um, and then during that time I was as busy as I am now. And it was just really, it was in the back of my mind, like, Oh, you have to apply. You have to apply. And then I just kept forgetting, but she was on me about that. And I'm really thankful that she was, cause if not, hey, it's not all the greatest opportunities in my life, I have to say. Um, and so after like two months of her, like emailing me and calling me for her office, like, have to apply. I ended up sitting down and doing the application, which is really simple, by the way. Um, it was a really simple application, and I filled out the application. My mom was really pitching me, and I don't think I really understood 
the program for what it was until I got there. And then it was just like, wow, like imagine if I hadn't done this. Um, but my mom, you know, she works all the big, she's a single mother. And um, during the summer, she just wanted to make sure that I was doing something that was going to be like productive and that I wasn't going to be home. At that time, I wasn't able to work. So it was like, I was just going to be home all summer doing practically nothing. She was like, yeah, this would be great, really great opportunity for you. Um, but we really didn't understand how helpful and how useful it was going to be until, like, I got there. And she was like, wow, like, imagine if you didn't do this. And, um, yeah, so that's how I found about GCS. And uh, my brother is actually in the process of applying now. He's actually, uh, I think he had his interview last week. It's been last week or this week that he has the interview. Wow, so wow. full circle, that's really right? really great. Full circle moment. Yes, my brother just applied, and that's really exciting. So he's really excited for the summer. And, you know, I've just been telling him, like, this is going to be so much fun for him. So he just applied, and I think he just had his interview last Thursday. Okay, that's awesome. That's awesome. I want to go back to one thing that you mentioned while you were speaking in terms of when you applied to DCS and you got there, there were some things that you weren't expecting and you were surprised, you know? So maybe touch upon what you learned about DCS that you didn't necessarily know beforehand Mm -hmm. and um, and how it ultimately worked in your benefit, you know? Yeah, definitely. I think the curriculum was something that I was really um, like fascinated by. I just like, it really piqued a lot of my interest, um, especially with when it based on like our, um, our English courses, really just like reading and writing and like that entire like discussion based part of it, like in the Socratic way, that was something that I enjoyed so much being able to read and talk about it and being around like-minded individuals that's something that i really enjoyed mm-hmm. um but there were people who were there just and they were just as passionate as me and so the curriculum was really interesting also the sat prep that was something that i didn't think that i was going to be like experiencing or the psat prep and that was something that was super helpful um i tell people all the time like before i got back to school like i had already taken sat prep i had my fee waivers ready and that was something that i was ready like i went into um, my junior and my senior year so ahead of the game because that summer I had already prepped and I had already prepared. Um, and this is just a fast forward, like the summer before our senior year, we had our essays already written. We had our supplement essays already written. We had our college list already picked out. And like, at fall, everyone's stressing. And I was like, I don't know what school to apply to. And I was like, I've already written my essays. Like my essays are already written. I have things ready to go, you know. And I had already planned to take the SAT the second time because I had prepared with um, our advisors and our teachers of the summer to already retake that. And so I went in every year after the summer DCS so much more ahead of the curve, so much more ahead of the game because I had already done that over the summer. Um, but I think people also have a misconception that DCS is like all work and no fun. Like there's fun, like, you know, there's community building. And I have built a community. Um, and I that's something that I didn't expect to like meet like lifelong friends. I am still in contact with all of my cohort friends. We hang out over the summer. Wow. Um, when I went back as an advisor two summers ago, you know, like I, you know, I still keep in contact with all of my friends that I met at DCS. And so I didn't know there was going to be like that community building, that lifelong friendship, and not just with the people in my cohort, but also people in other cohorts, but also my advisors, um, who I still keep in contact with to this day and how like I've kind of retained those um, those like friendships and those relationships and built a network. I think it's really important that like there was a misconception that there was a network building within DCS. There is like there's people who I still stay in contact with to this day. That's amazing. That's amazing. How important was it for you to to serve as a student advisor? 
It was really important. I felt like I needed to give back because like BTS has given so much to me. Um, and I felt, I, I was just like, yeah, that summer I was like, definitely. But I got the application and I was like, why wouldn't I? And I knew I wanted to be an advisor when I was a student. And I, I already decided, I was like, oh yeah, like whatever, I have the chance to be an advisor. I didn't talk about it. I was like, I'm definitely going to be an advisor. And so to be, I was honored to even be giving like the chance to come on. Unfortunately, that was during the peak of COVID. So that was when we were on, uh, DCS was online, but I wasn't able to go back last summer because I was working. So that unfortunately I wasn't there for the in-person experience, but I knew I wanted to go back as an, as an advisor. I wanted to be on the other side of it too. It's just like, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Yeah. I was like to get on the other side of BTS, but I knew I really wanted to give back and I wanted to just kind of like just give what my advisors gave to me to other students. That I knew that was that was a really important part of BTS is a relationship that you had with your advisor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it is it is really important. I, I remember serving as a student advisor and I, I hadn't mm-hmm. even gone through the program, but I just remember uh, <laughs> that that experience and being able to give back and just share your experience mm-hmm. too. Um, yeah. to help others be further along than, you know, than you were. You know, I think it's all about yeah. paying it forward. Um, what would you say was your favorite memory um, as a scholar? And I know that may be tough, but... Oh, you're really... Ooh, my favorite memory? I really loved traveling as a group. I think that was so fun. Traveling as a group was great, especially since I never would have had the experience to visit schools outside of BCS over the summer because, like, my parents didn't have the time to, like, Oh, let's go on like a college tour. That was not something that was like a time, but to be able to do that was great. Even just like small things, like playing kickball, like after lunch, like even the small things like that. That's, that was so fun for me. Foursquare was fun, like stuff like that. I really enjoyed. Um, so it's just really small things like that. Uh, but traveling was really great. I got to go to BC. I remember we visited Howard. That was really good. That was an overnight trip. I, yeah, I'm sure that was an overnight trip. Mm-hmm. First year as a scholar. And then we went to like the Jerry's and stuff like that. Like really like community building. That was really nice. So I think that was one of my fondest memories. Also just like being able to go to um uh I'm forgetting now. I'm pretty sure like at the end of the, the program we would have like the talent show. That everyone was like looking forward to that. Um, so that was really exciting. Just like working with like people with my cohort, just seeing people like just have fun. Um that was really great. I really yeah. enjoyed that. That's cool. That's cool. So look, let's let's fast forward. So we talked a little bit about DCS, mm-hmm. and now so we're at your senior year, right in high school. Why did you end up choosing GW? Like, what was it about the school mm-hmm. that that attracted you to ultimately apply and go? Um. So I sat down with Dr. Eileen a couple times because I know he he said he spent time with us individually. I don't know how he found the time to do that, but like he sat down with us like three times individually throughout that summer. And we went through our list together and we kind of just like, um, we talked about, you know, what would be the most beneficial for me financially, but also just like for what I was thinking of doing. GW actually was not the most financially, um, I guess like smart decision as it came to like what school to choose. Uh, I actually was getting more financial aid from Loyola Marymount, which is a school that we was it later on the Maryland, in Maryland, which is a school that we visited um, mm-hmm. through DCS. I visited there, and I really liked the campus, and they were giving me the most financial aid. It was practically, it was practically free, to be honest. But it was just something about GW that really, I just, I, I, I don't know, I just felt a really big pull to it. Um, I had visited DC with BCS, and I really enjoyed Georgetown's campus. We visited Georgetown. I unfortunately did not get into Georgetown. I applied. Um, and then I was like, okay, well, Georgetown is really good. 
DW is not Georgetown, but it's still really good. It has a really good political science program. And so it's just like, okay, well then let's go with DW. And my mom told me, she was just like, no, financially it's not the best option. But she was like, if anything, there's always the option to transfer. So she was like, if you want to do a semester there, see if it's good. We can figure out financial aid. And by the grace of God, it really is all God who's working behind the scenes and mastering. But I've been here for three semesters and I have been able to, or three, not three semesters, three years. And I have worked with my financial aid office to be able to afford GW. Um, so it just all has worked out. Uh, I knew it wasn't going to be the best decision financially. I knew that it was going to be a bit of a struggle, a bit of a struggle. But I've been able to really like work really hard to work with my financial aid office, making sure that I got scholarships, making sure that I was reaching out for grants, making sure that I was advocating for myself financially, um, especially being a first-generation college student. I feel like it's easy to get like lost in translation or just lost um, in the departments because it's just like it's easy to be overlooked if you don't advocate for yourself. So making sure that I made myself like present, like going to meetings, speaking with people, being like, hey, like I really need help with this. Um, so yeah. I want to I want to stop there because um, I think that's so key. And we talked about this last time and it was Mm -hmm. illuminated through our conversation. Just all the opportunities that you've had at GW by virtue of you advocating for yourself. Right. And I didn't know that you advocated for yourself in terms of the financial aid and stuff. But that's even more impressive. And I think that's something I want you to talk a little bit more about. Um, I know some students may have reservations, especially first gen when they get to college, mm-hmm. like, you know, you may feel scared or timid, you know, um, and in the in, in, in high school, you have people who would hold your hand more. But in college, mm-hmm. you're your own person. Right. And if you don't you say are. certain things. All right. I'm speaking too much. Talk about no, no, <laughs> talk about. Yeah. Talk about <laughs> talk about the role of advocates. Yeah. No, but it's true. It's true. This and I, I mean, but I mean, you're the goal. This thing go. You're you're the goal. You're doing it. You were doing it. So talk about. How you may how you how you navigated the pro, that process? Yeah, I knew that. First of all, I go to PWI, so I knew that there was going to be that like push where I was just like, no, like I don't want to be too outspoken, I don't want to be too loud. But I knew that if I didn't, I was going to have to leave. Like there was no other way. I was going to have to leave, and I was going to figure something out. But I knew how hard I worked to get here, mm-hmm. and I did not want that opportunity to be stripped away from me because I, I knew the work that I had put in, and I knew that I deserved to be here just as much as everyone else. And I didn't want that opportunity to be taken away from me because I couldn't afford it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, because I feel like oftentimes, as students who are minorities, students who come from low-income families, we may feel like we don't deserve things. Um, we may feel like we should just go with the easier option, just because, like, you know, we don't want to go through the work, and you know, it's too much to find the money but you deserve it just as much as everybody else um and so i wrote the emails i made the calls and i have to say my mom has been a really good support system um you know sometimes she would make the calls but i understood she worked my mom worked 12 hours a day she's a nurse so that wasn't always possible so i had to make sure that i was going into the office and i was like hey i work really hard to be here um and i am as i'm a really committed student i work really hard here are my grades this is what i've done this is what i can do and i know that there's money the money is there don't, don't let them fool you <laughs> don't let them fool no it's true they it's true the they money. will make it they, if they have you, the money yep they will make it work they will make it stretch and I remember one time she, I, I emailed like, a financial aid office. She was like, oh, no, we have no aid. And then I was like, okay, that's fine. Then I'll go to somebody else. I'll, I'll, I was like, Do you, what's your supervisor's name? Like, I can, you know, I'll go to somebody else. And then two weeks later, $7,000 was in my bank account, was in my, like, 
And I was like, I thought we had no aid. Where's the money? Where is the money coming from? They tried to play you, right? They try to play. They have the money. So, especially an institution like GW, they have the money. They can't afford it. You just have to advocate for yourself. And you have to also something that I, I realized is stick to one person. They, they're going to try to give you the runaround. If you find somebody who works for you, this lady in the banking office, she, you know, she works for me and I go to her directly because now she knows my name, she knows my situation. And with that, like I've created like a rapport with her and now it's more, it's more personal. So it's like, she's like, okay, it's Maya. <laughs> Maya is calling in. And so if you can find one person who can help you rather than just going to multiple people, that'd be better because they will try to give you the runaround and it can become really frustrating. But just know that, you deserve to be there mm-hmm. just as much as everybody else. And you shouldn't feel like you should be skipping out on this opportunity just because the money's not there. Because the money is there. Yep. They, it will make a way. Yep. Now, it's a sk- it is a skill, but it's a skill that mm-hmm. is not inherent. It can be developed. Yeah. It can be it developed. Can definitely, and I think that definitely. that's something. I was never this person. Right. Is Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I think that's encouraging or that should be mm-hmm. a word of encouragement for people who may feel a bit more timid and and um and apprehensive yeah. going into going into college but i know it was important for me i always found that one like there was always one mm-hmm. person who i knew whether it was in the registrar's office the financial yeah. aid office i'm like hey i'm i'm gonna do the suck up thing so i'm gonna just go to your yeah. office even when i don't yes. need anything let me just go here just to, so you know my name so if anything mm-hmm. comes up you know hey oh yeah you i know, know jordan yeah. i put a face with the name so um, mm. No, that's that's so key. That's so key. Let's let's stay on this theme of advocacy, and I want you to talk about mm. it now, just in terms of use reaching out to your professors and how that's mm. led to even opportunities yeah. with them um, as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I had a fear of stepping on people's toes when I first came to GW because my major is just like dominated by white men. It's dominated by people who do not look like me, who do not sound like me, who do not come from like the same background as me. And I was like, no, I don't want to step on anybody's toes. But sometimes you have to step on people's toes um, because I feel like with professors, also professors, I feel like are a lot more understanding than people make them out to be. Um, so going to office hours, I know it's something that people are always talking go to office hours let these people know your name even if it's to and we're virtual now so like it's it's actually easier now to go to office hours um because it's virtual you know you don't have to like be in the, the exact same room as that person you can be you know over like the computer um but with my professors uh i'm also my the people who are teaching my classes also don't look like me um the curriculum and the people who like the readings that I have to do, the authors, like a lot of the work that we're doing isn't like curated by people who look like me. And so I actually am a part of an organization um, called Young Black Professionals International Affairs. And one of our initiatives is to um, encourage more people um, of color to be in the field, whether that's professors, whether that's um, advisors, whether that's faculty members, that's one of our biggest initiatives, Mm -hmm. as well as curating the syllabus and a lot of the pieces and a lot of the research that we're doing to come from um, people in the field of international affairs. I feel like people often forget that international affairs is international and it needs to look international. Um, and so I've met with a lot of faculty members because of that. Um, I've met with the dean of the Elliott School, which is the international affairs um, school here at GW. And I wouldn't have gotten back to you that by VPIA. I met with multiple faculty members. And while it was for the organization's purpose, I've also just made religion to those people individually because they are in places or they've done things that I want to do in the future in my career. 
And so um, going like to meetings, like getting coffee with a professor, like they, they will do that with you. If you ask, if you ask, you just have to reach out and ask. Because it may seem like, oh, you know, they're really busy people. But if you reach out and ask, oftentimes they may be like, okay, no, I'm not free right now. Or it's a really busy time for me, but we can do it like, I don't know, in two weeks or in a month. And just just pushing and making yourself known. I know it's scary. It is scary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's and easier said than done. And, and one thing I was going to say too, just yeah. um, people may not know that that's even a possibility, right? You don't know yes, what you don't know, right? Um, yes, because you may feel like it's too it's too like, oh, is it too professional? Like maybe that's too informal to ask a professor to get coffee. But these are a lot of things that like I learned by picking up from, from listening. This is things I heard from listening from other students. Like, oh yeah, I, I met with my TA and we got coffee. And I was like, you can do that? And she was like, yeah, I can do that. So I was like, you know, just listening in, um, talking to other people and hearing their experiences. Because like you said, if you don't know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And and you don't have to necessarily, like you make it your own, right? Like everyone has yeah, their own style with networking, mm-hmm. right? And so just how you picked up that idea in terms of going to coffee, yeah. but the way in which you may have reached out to them may have looked totally different. You know, like it, you can make it your own throughout the process and don't feel mm-hmm. like you have to do exactly what that other person did to, to be successful. Mm-hmm. Still, definitely. Um, oh gosh, yeah. Your path is going to look completely different than everybody else's. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, look, you are involved in a lot at GW, right? <laughs> and uh, and I guess it works in your favor that you don't have yeah, classes uh, <laughs> Monday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. Friday. But um, one thing I'm curious about because a lot of times when people seek different opportunities, they mm-hmm. may do it just for their resume. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious, and I want you to touch upon how you selected which organizations you wanted to be a mm-hmm. part of and give your time to, um, like what mm-hmm. were some of those criteria or standards and mm-hmm. um, and maybe which one is most impactful? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think in high school, I was doing things just for resume building. So I was like, oh, I have to get <laughs> I think I to college. But I think now, at first it was kind of for resume building, but I feel like with college, um, it's a lot more tied to my career more than it is like um, than in the past. Before, I think in high school, it was like, oh, I'm doing it for college. For now, it's like I want to do things that one, I'm passionate about, and two, that would would would. I'm trying to see if like I can curate more interest to see what kind of career pathway that I'm right now. Um, and so. I think I was looking for, I told myself I was going to do one professional organization, one academic organization, and one like social, such like, like service organization. And so that's kind of the, the I guess you could say criteria that I hold myself into. Like I do three, three organizations and each one can either be in one or one of those boxes or two of those boxes. And so the first one, which I said YBPA, I've been a part of for two years. Um, it's both an academic and a professional organization, and it's dedicated to my major, to my career field. And that has been the most impactful as it pertains to resume building. It's gotten me into a lot of places. It's gotten me a lot of opportunities as it pertains to job-wise and professional-wise. And then I'm a part of the NCNW, which is the National, uh, Com- the National Council of Negro Women. No, I just forgot that. And so basically, that's a national organization, not just a GW. It's founded on a lot of different campuses, dedicated for the Black community, for Black women, um, advocacy for the Black community. So we do a lot of community service events. We do a lot of um, social events. Um, 
and it's dedicated for black women. And then I'm a part of Dreams, which is an organization that's newly founded. Um, I think it was about three years ago, and it's a community service organization, and we do work for the black community, specifically in DC. And we try to focus on high school students. So creating a retention, which is very similar to DCS, making sure that high school students, black high school students here in GWI and DC kind of have the resources that they need to kind of like retain their education um, through going to college. Um, and so we do community service. Like last year, we we raised about $6,000 for um, Anacostia High School, which is a school in Southeast DC, if I'm not wrong. And it's a black uh, school here in DC. And so we raised uh, money for their um, online, their online like uh, resources during uh, the height of COVID. And yeah, so Wow. One like professional, one social, one service. So right, like the rule of, kind of like the rule of the rule yeah. of seven, right, or something like that. I think that's the what. Rule people, of, yeah, yeah. The rule of seven. With, yeah. So that's kind of what I what I try to do. No, that's cool. That's cool. I think it's so important. I think it's even more. Um, just kudos to you for being invested in a community that you didn't even necessarily grow up in. Right, like yeah. you're just uh, sort of Definitely. yeah, like I mean, you're from Delaware, I'm coming a to buyer for sure. I'm right. from Delaware, <laughs> right? I'm from the most suburban part of Delaware, and I'm just like a pacifier here in DC. <laughs> wow, wow. Well, look, um, any questions that I didn't ask that you would want me to ask? No, well, I guess like I'm just gonna come and I want to like gush and gosh over DCS because like I'm number one fan. Um, I think DCS, if everyone's watching, if you're an incoming student or if you're just considering applying to DCS, please do. I I honestly, like, I'm so happy that my brother's doing this because right now, my mom is still in the same position. She's still working. My mom still works really long shifts. And like me, now I'm like spread really thin with a lot of the things that I'm doing. And so while I can still be a really good resource to my brother because I'm in my third year of college, this will still be really helpful for him. So even if you feel like, you know, oh, you know, I have an older sibling, I don't need to do this. Like your older siblings also have like, you know, responsibilities. And so this is a really great program because it'll be really curated to you specifically. And I feel like DCS has a way of making you feel seen and making you feel like, like, I don't know, I think seen is a word, to, to feel seen and to feel like somebody is really like committed and they're also really interested in you and things that they want to see you do. You know, the DTS really is a way for you to be surrounded by people who see your potential and want to push you to your potential. Um, and so I think it's a really great program to be a part of. And even if you're not even interested in 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 going all the way straight college, because you know, college is not for everybody, but even just like to be in a space where you can be pushed academically, to be pushed professionally, it's all about this being surrounded by like-minded individuals. I think that's really important. I think DCS is a place to be surrounded by people who are just as passionate about things that you want to do. And even if they're not, like just creating a community of people. Um, but yeah. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. So we're going to go to our Ring the Bell segment. These are the last two. Uh, Ring the Bell. Yeah, right. But these, I almost messed up the, the name over here, stuttering. Um, these are the <laughs> same two questions that we give to every speaker, our guest speaker on the podcast. All right. So the first question is, what's one piece of advice you would give your 16-year-old self? Oof. I was actually just thinking about this. I was thinking about what I would tell my 18-year-old self. Um, it's my 16-year-old self. Wow. That's so long ago now that I think about it. Um, I would let her know that I would let her know that even if it's not clear right now, it'll all be, it'll all make sense soon. Soon enough, it'll all make sense. And that like, 
my journey is not going to look like everybody else's. It's very, you know, it's not going to be just a straight line. There's going to be ups and downs. And just to be okay with change, be okay with things not going the way that you planned it. I think I'm a, I'm a stickler for like the five-year plan. Like, I want things to go this way, that way, that way. And when things don't go that way, <laughs> like, I'm just like, oh my God, what do I do now? But just know that like God is pushing me towards my higher purpose. And what I necessarily, not everything that I want for myself is what I need. And so to just know that like, it's gonna become so much clearer once once you start once you get into it. It may seem so everything makes seem so unknown to you now, but it, it all makes sense. It all makes sense very soon. Yeah. What's your why? My why is my family. My why is my family. Um my why is my mom specifically. I think my mom is just my biggest role model. The just her work ethic and the things that she's done, the sacrifices that she's made. I don't know anybody as hardworking as my mother. Um, and just to make her proud. Um, but through making my mom proud is also through making myself proud. I think a lot of the times I think we work for other people. So while my why is my family, my why is also myself because I know the work that I put into a lot of the things, and I know my potential. And I know what I can. Um, I know what I can be, and I know like where I can go. So the why is like the future. It's like, there's just so many things that I know I can accomplish. So just keep working to accomplish those things. 